This episode of the Vergecast is brought to you by Qualcomm Snapdragon Gigabit LTE. With download speeds up to seven times faster than typical home Wi-Fi, Snapdragon Gigabit LTE can turbocharge all your connected apps. You can stream 360-degree video at 4K resolution with minimal buffering. You can access your files in the cloud nearly as fast as you would if they were stored on your phone. And you can download hours of movies or music in a matter of seconds. To learn more, visit www.snapdragon.com gigabit today. Hello, and welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast of the Verge Media Empire, and uh, also a part of the, the Vox Media Podcast Network, uh, of which I maintain we are the best podcast, although my friend Andrew Golis, the general manager of Vox.com, recently slacked me to say that he challenges this assertion. And to you, Andrew, I say, that's what losers would say. <laughs> I don't like Andrew a lot. <laughs> That's what you say when you're in second place, Andrew. No, whatever. Uh, Vox Media Podcast Network. It's great. Listen to all the podcasts, but then mostly listen to ours again and again and again. By the way, we have another new podcast coming. Ashley Carmen, Caitlin Tiffany, Why'd You Push That Button? October, I'm told, it will roll out, which is coming, coming right up. I listened to one of the episodes, and it is, if I say so myself, fantastic. Um, also, I say it with a slight French accent. Would you Which say it's it's so choice? I don't know. Ashley and Caitlin are like really cool. Like they're a lot cooler than me. And I was like, <laughs> they would just make fun of me. Let's be honest. That's just what would happen. Anyway, uh, by the way, that was Dieter Bones' voice. Hey, Dieter. Hey, I'm back. He's back after his week away in what I might call the abyss. Yeah. Paul Miller is in in Washington State. Paul. Hello. What are you doing over there, man? I'm babysitting my little brother. Nice. So my parents could go on vacation. I like it. Uh, and Dan Seifert is here with oh, me in New York. Sweet. I'm here in New York, yes. It's good good stuff. Good, Dan's back, basically. Yes. Yeah, one taste of glory. She's in the room now. <laughs> uh, no, Dan's here. There's a, ton of, there's a ton of news to talk about. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm Neli. I'm your friend. It's good to see you again. But uh, we should just get into it. ton of news this week. Just in nonstop flood. And I think we have to start with the most earth-shattering news of all. This is the most important news. The by single far. most important thing that happened this week, which is Twitter doubled its character limit from 140 to 280. <laughs> Jack it's Dorsey, over. it's over. Twitter's done. I, I, I just want to say that this news kicked off what I call the worst Twitter, which is Twitter Twitter, yeah. when people just tweet about Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they tell lots of jokes. I want to read this announcement tweet where Dorsey thanks... Are you looking for this is looking... a small change but a big move for us? Yes, that one. 140 was an arbitrary choice based on the 160-character SMS limit. Proud of how thoughtful the team has been in solving a real problem people have when trying to tweet. And at the same time, maintaining our brevity, speed, and essence. This is true. So this is what Jack Dorsey tweeted. Thank you, Paul. And I just want to just comment on the fact that he's like, our team had to thoughtfully consider this change. You know, it's a big problem. I would have loved to be in that room where they were just throwing out other numbers. <laughs> Three, 305. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the, well, I think the best part is that it's a the first 280 character tweet, and it still includes a link to the full announcement. <laughs> I don't know. I just they should have used like a power of two, like 256 or something. Yeah, that would have been nerdy and cool. Or they should just give up. They should just give up. <laughs> they could have kept 140 and done text attachments so people don't have to screenshot notes. That would have been cool. I mean, literally, this seems like the easiest choice. Yeah, here's an idea. They just. Here's an idea. Make the second 140 characters editable. (laughs) Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That's pretty good. (laughs) You're screwed on the first. Yeah, they didn't add editing, which is, I think, all everybody should know is Casey Newton's particular line of attack into Twitter. They didn't, um, uh, just a small thing, get rid of Nazis. Yeah, minor thing. On their platform. I'm just surprised, like... I, we know for a long time that they were testing 10,000 characters and considering that. Yeah. And how do they shave off 9,000? They're also I'm rolling it out slowly. Head, yeah. And yeah, there's not like people everybody like, has it. But you can hack it. There's like user scripts. Uh, I saw yeah. somebody today, uh, Casey had retweeted it, a, an engineer who was like literally like hacking the Twitter app at the code level to get it. What, what data are they collecting? They're like, yes, people indeed are telling bad jokes. Longer, 
<laughs> Confirmed. Anyway, that's not I really think that, ha, Has anybody seen any Android users get 280? Dan, did you get it on your Android phone? Uh, I did not. I posted one 280 count yeah. tweet, and I used the, the Chrome hack. Yeah. Uh, but I've been ch- hack, literally right. checking my phone every five minutes. The Chrome hack is ridiculous. It literally just like changes a number. It, it just changes mm-hmm. the limit. Like You could just tweet 280 right now if you wanted to, but it's, I don't know. This whole thing is nonsense. Twitter. So, I feel like I'm going to be part of a movement that of people who only ever tweet 140 characters like never never go over yeah OGs. hashtag never go over <laughs> hashtag never go over <laughs> uh, i mean it totally changes the thing like the concept of the golden tweet where you hit that 140 character limit perfectly like i don't know all these silly what if what if, we, uh, what if we shut it down how about that um, also, mean, uh, his justification that different languages uh, can express thoughts in different character lengths is kind of interesting. Like, add some parody. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. But you know what is not <laughs> at all true about Twitter? That it's interesting. Uh, that joke uh, It's many minutes on a silly joke about what the most important news is. The most important news is Amazon, who had an event that I think surprised everybody. So they invited people to Seattle for an event. They wouldn't tell anybody what it was about. They wouldn't even, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, they weren't even exactly clear on when it would start, like until the day before, basically. They were just like, just show up in Seattle, have a good time, check out the fish market, we'll let you know. And I I believe we couldn't tell people we were going to Seattle. And we couldn't tell people we were going. Yeah. So anyway, so Casey and Lauren went to Seattle. Uh, Oh, and one more little piece of inside baseball. They're also like, you probably just need to send one person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we successfully argued that we should probably send some more. So we thought it was going to be small. I think our expectation was a couple of Fire TV devices yeah. had already been leaked. You know, it's funny, the one thing that was leaked the most didn't get announced, which was a Fire TV with a, with an Echo Dot on the top. Right. So we, we thought it was going to be small, and then they just went crazy. Yeah, they basically dumped their entire holiday portfolio yeah. within an hour and a half or two hours. Or you, want, you want to go through it? Yeah, sure. Uh, so for starters, they it, basically everything except for the Fire TV dongle that they released, which we'll talk about in a minute because Neilai loves to talk about TV hardware, so I'll save that for him. Uh, but everything else was Echo products, which we didn't expect. Nothing had leaked. They announced a revised version of the Echo, which is now just called the Echo. It's not called second generation or anything, but it's shorter. It has a fabric cover or a wood cover, so it's kind of like more decorative than the original, but it's still a cylinder. Uh, it's got a dedicated tweeter, a dedicated woofer, so Amazon promises this sounds better than the original Echo, which is kind of a small accomplishment. And then the controls on the top uh, are the same as the Echo Dot. So instead of the spinny um, uh, circular control for the volume, you've got up and down buttons for the volume and stuff like that. Then they announced something called the Echo Plus, which is basically the first generation Echo, but it has a smart home radio inside of it, which controls Zigbee devices. So you can use this as like a smart home hub instead of smart things or uh, I don't know, whatever other smart home hub you want. And then they kept going. Uh, The least interesting thing is the Echo Connect, which turns your Echo, connects your Echo to a landline. So you can make speakerphone calls on your Echo through a landline if you still have a landline. And then the most interesting thing is the Echo Spot, which is basically a shrunk down version of the Echo Show that was released earlier this year. It's this tiny little, I I guess there's a couple ways you could describe it. It's an Echo Dot with a screen or it's an Echo Show that's smaller. Or it's a Chumby. Chumby. (laughs) It's a Chumby. It's a Chumby. It's It's Uh, like a little Chumby. It's a a a webcam with aspirations. I made the Twitter jokes about Chumby uh, because I love dead technology. (laughs) Um, And I decided that the best thing to call it is Chumby colon resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. Like that, that, that would be a movie I would go watch. (laughs) Chumby resurrection. Um, Chumby 2049. And then there's the Chumbending. (laughs) (laughs) The Chumbending. (laughs) You got him. You got him, Um, Paul. Oh, God. We got to talk. We should just start with the regular Echo, though, right? Like, like it's ninety nine bucks. It looks nice. Why would anybody? Uh, like, in order to buy a Google Home now, you have to be like a Google, like deep in the Google ecosystem, super Google fan. You can make all the arguments you want that like the Google Assistant is better. It supports multi user. It, uh, you know, whatever other arguments you want to make uh, that it's like more natural to talk to, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it's 180 bucks. Is that that's what they're trying? I think for they're 130. Still? 130. Okay, so it's 30 bucks more. Yeah. But like, 
this is like the same thing. It's thirty bucks cheaper, and like there's just more support for Alexa stuff. Yeah. So they're actually selling a multi pack of these, so you can connect multiple one units together and right. multi room audio. It's like a three that. pack, and you get fifty bucks off the right. total, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main thing is a the Echo has the the big Echo has always sounded a bit bad. <laughs> yes. Like it's just it's not a good sounding speaker, and they've and we have to try it out. But the ninety nine dollar new Echo. They paid some money, got some Dolby branding. They added a bigger <laughs> bass driver in there. Like they've actually made it sound better. Yeah. Well, I mean, if any, if there's any promise to that, like like any hope there is that the Echo Show, which came out earlier this year, does sound a lot better than the original Echo. So if they're able to take what they did with the Echo Show and put it in an Echo form factor, then cool beans. Yeah. Wait, is it is yeah. it the regular Echo that's getting Dolby? I thought that was just the plus. No, it's, I it's, believe the regular Echo is. Yeah, powerful speakers with Dolby processing. I'm, I'm sure that's nonsense. Right? Yeah, it's, it's just software. Nonsense. It's software processing. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure it just scoops the frequency curve, which is all Dolby ever does. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. Like that's fine. If it sounds better than not good, it's a big upgrade. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. the Echo Plus, <laughs> I, that smart home stuff is really interesting. So the. It looks just like the old Echo. It comes in three finishes. There's like a silver, a black, and a white. I don't know why it still has to be so huge. Like the Z-Wave Hub, Z-Wave Hub, they're not huge. Yeah, I mean, there's. it's funny, uh, as a side tangent, today uh, NVIDIA announced an update for its Shield TV box, and part of the announcement was that they are releasing this dongle, which is literally the size of a USB stick that adds SmartThings Hub functionality and includes a Z-Wave and Zigbee radio inside of it. So, like, they fit it in the size of a USB stick. <laughs> there's right. no reason that Amazon needed to keep this, like, the taller Echo. Well, it's plus. It's plus-sized. Yeah, plus. um, anyway, but it's Well, it's to me, the interesting, interesting thing is that Amazon is weighing in on the smart home standards battle in some way, right? Like yeah, everything they, they like picked going Zigbee. over Wi-Fi, but they, they went with ZigBee instead of SmartThings or Z-Wave or whatever else. Well, SmartThings, which one is SmartThings? Okay, so. All right, Dan. Yeah. Buckle up here, buddy. buddy. So SmartThings uh, <laughs> is a very common hub that a lot of people use, and it actually supports basically most all of the protocols. Like if yeah. you want a universal yep. thing that's going to plug into a lot of different things, SmartThings is the way to go. It supports Z-Wave. This is, it supports Zigbee. This is Samsung's, right? This is the one Samsung owns, correct, yep. Uh, and it also supports Wi-Fi connected devices. Um, the What is the difference between Z-Wave and Zigbee? They're basically just different protocols. There is some like really low level technical stuff. Like one of them will has like a mesh function that like if you have multiple Zigbee devices in your house, they can bounce the signal from one to another. So yeah. if you've got far distant devices, uh, they can extend the signal further. Uh, but like those kind of things are very minor. The actual practical difference between them is like it, it, there's none to the end user. Okay. Um, so they like both go over two point four gigahertz, right? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly off the top of my head what the spectrum is that they use, but they 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 function very similarly. They're just two competing standards that have been around for got forever, like yeah, at least a, a decade. billion years. And uh, they've neither one of them has kind of like edged ahead of the other one in the smart home world. And so smart things approach back in like 2014 when they launched was like, well, screw it, we're just going to support both of them. And that way, if you buy a light bulb, it more than likely will work with this whether it's Zigbee or Z-Wave or whatever. So like Dieter said, Amazon's kind of putting a, a foot in the ground and saying, like, we're only supporting Zigbee on this. Yeah. Um, which, F-U Z-Wave. F-U Z-Wave, which I think, <laughs> honestly, like, Z-Wave is the one that's gotten more updates recently. Like, there's been updates to the protocol. There's Z-Wave Plus devices now that Z-Wave have longer Plus. range. Yeah, I mean... That was a crazy day at yeah. Z-Wave headquarters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, like, I, I, it's kind of funny to me that they picked Zigbee instead of Z-Wave as, like, a deep nerd in all this. Uh, but the the concern there obviously is that like you can't just buy any device and work with this. I'm it has surprised to be they're only picking one, and I don't think they've really said why they've only picked one. Uh, yeah, I know I haven't seen why either. Uh, I can speculate. Um, I know Philips Hughes lights are yeah. based off of Zigbee. They pr- do a proprietary thing on top of Zigbee. Yeah. Um, so they use that as their base. And when you buy the Echo Plus, I believe it comes bundled with a Hue bulb. Yeah, one bulb. <laughs> one one bulb. Um, and Aww. then they've changed the setup. So you don't need to download all these apps. You just yeah. plug in your smart Zigbee stuff or it can work over Wi-Fi as well. And then you just say, Alexa, discover my stuff. And it goes through the setup and, and sets it all for you, which is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. So far, setting up all this stuff has required multiple trips to multiple apps it's just been a pain. M- multiple trips to the store to buy more stuff. That you need. <laughs> like, I, I need another Zigbee adapter. Uh, All right, it looks like 
it looks like Z-Wave is 900 megahertz and has larger range than Zigbee, which is 2.4 gigahertz. Cool. Nailed it. Interesting. Um, man, just can you imagine the tears that were shed at the Z-Wave headquarters? It's a building shaped like a Z, by the way. It absolutely <laughs> is. In the tall central control room, the president of Z-Wave was like, Bezos! <laughs> the building isn't shaped like a Z. It's shaped like an undulating Z. Oh, yeah. Because it's a wave <laughs> it's of a, a Z. Z-wave. It's a Z-Wave. Bezos! I mean... It- <laughs> <laughs> All right. You were going uh, to The point I was going to make was that it probably really doesn't matter which one they pick because it seems like, based on everything that we've seen, that the smart home accessory world is actually moving closer towards Wi-Fi. So that we're, you see more Wi-Fi devices and stuff like that, which the Alexa is always, or the Echo has always kind of worked with a lot of them. And this kind of probably just solidifies well, that more. It's funny you say that because Eero just came out with their second gen Eero stuff uh-huh. and they have thread radios. Ha, <laughs> thread. It's like another thing. Uh, and I I talked to Nick Weaver, the CEO, we, you know, there's a whole piece you can read on the site. And he's like, all these other protocols are old and stupid. Thread's the future. And no one's ever been able to figure it out. So, like, you know, we're going to put Euro routers around your house and create this thread mesh network, and you're going to see a flood of thread stuff on the market any minute now. <laughs> and then Amazon's like, have you heard of Zigbee? Because now we're going to talk a, about it. A whole store full of Zigbee online. That you you know what right nerds now? in their cars looking for a podcaster into? Some Zigbee talk. That's, that's what we're doing today. <laughs> Zigbee talking. Um, okay, so that's... Right, so so which, which one are you supposed to buy? You're supposed to buy one... Sp- one of the spots. Oh, wait, wait. We, your, we didn't get your entirely through the spot. So the, the Echo Spot is, we've been saying it looks like a Trumpy, but I think it looks like a webcam. Mm-hmm. It's like a circle. It's got that kind of round form factor. It does have a camera at the top. It's got a circular screen. It's got buttons on the top. It's 130 bucks, And it's to me, it's like the most adorable thing in the world. Tom Warren wrote a piece for us today that's like, this is the sneakiest way to get a camera into your bedroom ever. Right, they put out the Echo Look, which was the fashion cam, and everyone's like, "Creepy, I don't want a camera in my bedroom." They put out this thing, which is adorable, and everyone's like, "I want four of those in every room in the house." One pointing right at the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one else had that. Right? That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, and I think it's because this one is useful, whereas the Look, not so much. I, I got really excited when this product came out because I went to my nightstand and I looked at it and I've got an old school Sony clock radio there with like big digit numbers on it and I only use it as a clock so that I roll over and look at the clock when I'm sleeping or awake or whatever. Then next to it, I've got an Echo Dot and that I use as my alarm clock because every night I go to bed, I'm like, Alexa, wake me up at 6 a.m. And so like this thing, which has a display so it can show the time, also has Alexa built into it so it can set my voice alarms kind of takes the place of both of those. So like that got me really excited that like I can like clear out those things off my nightstand. You're gonna put tape over thing. the camera? And put tape over the camera. Or like just make sure I disable the do not disturb or the drop in. Yeah, they have to just you could they they'll just let you disable do not disturb device by device and you'll disable that thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do have tape over the camera on my uh, my Echo Show, uh which sort of fusses with the uh you know the presence detection. Like it doesn't light up when I walk in the room now. Um, but I kind of don't care. Yeah, I mean, I only need that thing to light up. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I want on that is a camera. Like, I, I, I will never take a video call from my bed with this thing next to it's it. It's never going to happen. Um, but but I do want the it, screen to show me the weather and the time. But they want you stuff. to have a bunch of these in your house, and you can be like, show me the baby's room, and it, like, lights up the camera in the baby's yeah. room. Or, like, you can be, like, in your mansion of, like, 75 rooms, be like, when is dinner? It's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> literally echoes throughout the house. <laughs> and it turns on a camera in the kitchen. <laughs> Oh, the butler is buttling. Uh, by the way, I, I just looked this up. The executive director of the Z-Wave Alliance, which is actually what it's called, is uh, a man named Mitchell Klein. Mitchell, I'm so, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to come back, Mitch. You're going to get there. Talk to, talk to Apple. They love they love. Oh, they yes, love they love protocols that they didn't invent. Um, okay, so, Paul, to your question, what do you buy? Oh, and there's the Echo Connect, which is a box that literally – lets you make landline calls from all these echoes. Yes. Which I think is clever because it it solves a thing people want, but then you need a landline, which is insane. But I think some people have landlines and echoes and you know it's like put yeah. this in and it's gonna work. Does uh, does Am- Amazon know more about how people have have struggled to talk to each other or less? Like are they on to something with like, ooh, video calling service, finally I can make video calls. <laughs> or are they just like 
Like I really, I really don't get it. Like if it integrated with some service like like Facebook Messenger or something, like that that would be fun. Or or one of Google's five different video chat services. Well, they got their own. But <laughs> but yeah, I, who? Oh man, all my friends on my Amazon video call list. I don't think it's for that. I think it's for like you, like your kids. Right? Yeah, it's. I, I wrote this piece when the show came out that like it's basically what was really interesting when the show was announced. And it didn't quite pan out in reality, but I had hoped that it'd be really interesting as a dead simple FaceTime device so that my kids can be like, call daddy. And if I'm like on a work trip or something, I can they can like easily call me and I can call them and they don't have to go get my wife's iPad and set that up and like fight over who's you know holding the iPad while they talk to me and stuff like that. It's a very dead simple peer-to-peer direct uh, video call device. Um, and I was hoping that would be the case i don't think we've actually ever used it for that outside of the testing period when we were reviewing it um but like that's a really compelling idea especially for a lot of parents that travel and and use facetime uh to call back home and talk to their families uh you know, I, I have always felt that like video calling is one of those major transformative technologies of the past decade uh, in allowing to, uh, people to stay connected, uh, especially if you're a parent with kids that's traveling a lot. So um, that this kind of the, the idea of this furthers that along. The execution's not quite there yet, but yeah. So Paul, we still haven't answered your question, which you posed ten minutes ago. Which one do you buy? Because you still have the forty-nine dollar dot. You've got the Amazon mm-hmm. Tap Bluetooth speaker. You can almost guarantee the dot's going to be like thirty-five dollars most of the time. Um, then you've got the ninety-nine dollar Echo, the hundred and thirty dollar Echo Plus, hundred and something dollar. I think it's hundred fifty. Hundred. We really should have put the prices in the rundown. Hundred and fifty dollar right. Echo Plus and the hundred and thirty dollar Echo Spot. So that's a lot of choices. Oh, and the Echo shows in there too at like one seventy-nine. So. And there's that little button that you can press to play game shows. Oh, yeah, the game shows, Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. They should have Sorry, called trip. it game shows. <laughs> uh, but that's, like, that's an accessory, right? But like, I want to buy an Amazon Echo thing. I want to talk. I want to set timers with the greatest of ease. Which one do I buy? And I think the answer is going to be I, they're going to sell a lot of dots because it's the cheap one. But I think a lot of people are going to get upsold right 50 bucks into like the fabric-covered pretty one with the decent sound. Yeah, I agree. I, oh, yeah. the I think all the other ones are kind of like. Echo. Yeah, I think all the other ones are like. You, you buy the Echo Dot when you already have an Echo, mm-hmm. and you're like, this is nice. I want one in another room. Yep. No, I think a lot of people. The plus specifically for Zigbee. I don't think the plus. I don't think a lot of people are going to be jumping on the plus. Just personally. Yeah, the people it's, who. It's kind of the, a vague. The people set who pitch. know what Zigbee is already have a smart home hub. Yeah. There's no reason. Yeah. Except for the poor people, again, trapped in their commute, and I apologize to, to you, you turned on a podcast today and you learned about Zigbee, but before this moment <laughs> in time, no one who didn't own a Zigbee device knew what Zigbee was. And so, like, I don't understand, like, maybe you just want to simplify, you want to get rid of your SmartThings Hub, or you think it's flaky, you're trusting that the, the Amazon Echo Plus is going to do all the work for you. I mean, I understand it. Like, I don't want that hub sitting in my house. Like, I... It's like a big silly product to have, um, but maybe you're like me. You're all in on Thread. You've just been totally convinced that Thread is the way future. You're the way just forward. Wait, you're just waiting for that first Thread product fingers, to launch that you can use. Fingers crossed, it's gonna happen. Uh, yeah, that's look. You gotta you gotta take some bets. You want to bet on the upswing of technology, not on the Zigbee looking down swing. I don't know. Skate, skate where the smart light bulb is going. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you know, I think Casey was like extraordinarily taken by the spot. The spot is, is I would definitely say he was smitten. Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems like something that will, when people see it in person, it'll be one of those things like, oh wow, I want that. Yeah. Whereas like the Echo is kind of a known quantity now. So many people have had them for a few years. Like this is a cheaper. Echo and, and people are going to latch onto that really easily because they, they they know what it is and what it does. Yeah, I just think it, you, you're right. That people are going to see the spot in stores and be like, "Oh, that's interesting." It actually looks nice. Yeah, the Echo Show does not look nice. No, oh, the Echo Show is. Looks um, like, looks and like. I think that leads me to kind of the next big story here, which like Dieter broke, so you should talk about it. Which is Google and Amazon appear to be in some sort of fight, and definitely one of them is lying, and I cannot tell who. Yeah. So <laughs> Yo, we got a beef. Uh, Oh man, it's such a terrible 
beef. Basically, uh, we discovered that if you ask the Echo Show to play a YouTube video, it tells you that it can't. I think the, the specific language is something that, you know, like Google is not allowing YouTube on the Echo Show. Um, yes, they specifically so, call out Google. Yep. So we asked Amazon. Amazon's like, like, let me just read this quote. Google has chosen to no longer make YouTube available on Echo Show without explanation and without notification to customers. There is no technical reason for that decision, which is disappointing and hurts both our customers. It's like, okay, you're mad. <laughs> um, so we're like, hey, Google, Amazon's real mad. Are you mad? And they're like, uh... Amazon's implementation of YouTube on the Echo Show violates our terms of service, creating a broken user experience. <laughs> we hope to reach an agreement and resolve these issues soon. Um, so we have seen this sort of thing happen with YouTube before. They uh, they like took down the the YouTube app on Windows Phone, uh, and it's got to be like. When Google says it's about our terms of service, it's got to be about stuff like showing ads, showing recommendations, having autoplay work, showing, I don't know, the subscription button. Uh, YouTube really wants those like extra YouTube features in addition to the ads visible to its users. And so it probably demands that people have access to its API use those things. But like the the fact that both of these companies are stridently saying they're the asshole, not me, is just bonkers. Uh, and then on top of that, at the actual, the actual event, uh, they asked Amazon's, uh, you know, had a hardware, Dave Limp about it. And he's like, they won't tell us what the problem is. If they just tell us what the problem is. We'd fly out some engineers tonight and go solve it. Um, Wait, why do they have so to yeah, go to Google headquarters to solve it? <laughs> I, I don't... mean, he was, I think he was making a point. The, when the, what the point is, like, the yeah. plug fell on the ground, and, like, the team of engineers <laughs> needs to go plug it back in. Like, I get the API. So is, is, the, is Google's stance basically, like, Amazon, when you, when you say, Alexa, show me a cooking video, instead of calling the YouTube API and showing the YouTube user interface, they're, like, scraping the video and playing it a yeah, custom basically. player? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sympathetic uh, to I, both sides I, on this. Reading between the lines, that's the sense I get of it, yeah. Yeah, when you when you use the Echo Show and back when YouTube videos were working and you'd call up a video on YouTube, you could specifically say search for this on YouTube. It would give you a search, uh, a horizontal scrolling list of uh, um, tiles of videos that have come up and you could say play number five or you could scroll through them with your finger and then it plays in a player uh, that does not look like you went to YouTube.com. You can't access the comments. You can't like... I, I can't remember if you could like things or not, but you couldn't access comments. You probably couldn't subscribe to it or do all those things. Couldn't to, smash that like button. You couldn't smash that like button because you couldn't sign into your YouTube account. Um, so, like, uh, they were definitely, like you said, scraping it and presenting it in a different UI than what Google designed for its YouTube experience. So I'm kind of sympathetic to Google on, on that side of things. Um, but, like... I'm also sympathetic to Amazon, uh, Amazon's complaint, and like I, I totally get why they're so pissed off because they have zero recourse here. Like, they, what are they gonna do? They're gonna if, build like, a YouTube a, player that conforms to the API. But like, I don't, I don't know if like when when we say like this API, like, does Google have a public YouTube API? That yeah, there are other. I have. I don't remember what it's called. I have other YouTube players on my phone. Yeah. Right, like, but they're also small. Yeah, but maybe, like... maybe, maybe Google would go after them if uh, they got big enough, right? Right. I mean, the the other thing to to like be aware of in this situation is uh, they pulled the Chromecast from the Amazon store. Chromecast competes directly with uh, Amazon's own products. You, it's hard to get Amazon on Chromecast. Uh, you know, they had also pulled the Apple stuff, but that got resolved, and so the fight moved from like Amazon and Apple to now. Amazon and Google. Uh, and so is this thing just about like they violated the terms of service on the API or is this actually about let us get stuff in the store? And who knows, maybe it's about, you know, the fight for search because you search for stuff on Google and it, you know, it's much more likely and especially in Google shop to point you to a store that isn't Amazon. Right. And yeah. so like these companies are battling each other on multiple fronts and you can see pretty clearly that they're both willing to like pull a lever. So like this is a little bit about YouTube and it being persnickety about how YouTube gets displayed. It's a little bit about Amazon seeing uh, that Alexa could be like a genuine real future computing platform and maybe that's threatening to everybody else. Um I don't know. Casey Kolderup uh, had the best tweet about this, and he said, the, the future of the internet is mommy and daddy fighting, and we don't even get two Christmases. 
<laughs> that's, that's right. That, that's, By the way, I would I would reframe that Apple Amazon thing. It was a war. It didn't get resolved. Amazon won, running away. <laughs> right, like Apple does not yeah. have the leverage in terms of sales. So the the war was there was no Amazon app on the Apple TV, and Amazon wouldn't sell the Apple TV in the store. And Amazon the Fire TV way outsells the Apple TV, and Amazon Prime Video is full of great stuff that wins awards, like prestige TV. Apple didn't have it. They can't sell the boxes if they don't have that stuff, if it's going to keep being good and interesting. And they eventually relented, and Amazon's going to put the app on the Apple TV. It's still not out, and they're going to put yeah. the thing in the store. But like that is a case of Amazon bided its time until Apple had no more leverage left. And I, I, it's clever. I think it's real smart. I- I, I see, yeah, and I see how Amazon won that battle. I think with this battle with Google, if it specifically wants to get YouTube back on the show, uh, I think Google is in is in the power position here because because like YouTube has all the leverage that has all the content that people want, especially when they're asking for short bite videos. Is the lesson here that whoever has the premium content has all the leverage? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I don't even like. I don't think it's about premium content. I think video search on the internet. YouTube is the second biggest search engine on the internet. Right, so if you're make a device with a screen, and part of your value proposition is that you can ask it to play you video, and you can't play YouTube, you're you're screwed, right? Yeah. So like, I, it, I don't think it's about like the premium content library or like having the one show people want. It's literally having access to the database of information, and like Google clear owns that everywhere else except for shopping. Um, anyway, I just think it's fascinating. Dieter's been writing about this stuff forever. And it's just sort of coming true. Like, <laughs> they're going to fight, and you can't just, like, install another app on your... And Yeah, because your Echo Show does not have an app platform. Yeah. You can't install Vimeo. It doesn't have a web browser. Can't, yeah, it doesn't a have a web, web browser. Remember the web? It doesn't have a web browser it's that could access it. all the goddamn just, time. Uh, somebody wrote a really good post about, uh, like, the web is my API. I'll, uh, I'll try and find it and tweet it. Uh, about how you know APIs being limited, uh, and I don't know, man. All of this assistant stuff, all of these new computing platforms, all of these services communicating to each other—it all goes back to this fight that Twitter had years ago about third-party Twitter clients and limiting their access to it. And it turned out to like not be a complete catastrophe. You could still download and install a third-party Twitter app if you want, but. Who, whoever makes the API can set the rules of that API, and that's their right. But it it means that like our expectations that these new things, these new assistants, these new computing platforms that we're using, are going to be as open and free as the web are just wrong. And so when I call uh, internet assistance like bundles, like cable bundles, I really mean it because yeah. now if you go with Alexa, you get. Amazon's bundle of services, but you don't get all of Google's bundle of services and vice versa, presumably with Google's, you buy one of Google's assistants and who knows where, you know, Apple is here so far. They're playing pretty nice with everybody, but it's, it's just a mess. And it's all, it's a mess. That means your access to the thing you want. If you're using one of these new computer platforms happens through the lens of deals between these companies, not through the lens of who's able to get their link to show up in a web search on Google or Bing or DuckDuckGo or whatever. Yeah. Apple, by the way, switched Siri and Spotlight on the Mac to search Google on the web instead of Bing, which is like tiny news, but in the context of what you're talking about, like actually huge news. They were like, hey, you know, it's better, better user experience than Bing. Anything. Well, if, if you like, can conceptualize an assistant as like your your buddy who's helping you out, like like if you asked a friend to, to like, hey, could you Google something for me? And then they did it. Like uh, theoretically, an assistant should have similar powers as that person. Like it should be as powerful as someone sitting down at a web browser and doing things. Yeah, yeah it's that, definitely that, not that, evolving. That that, that that assistant should be able to tell you to, to screw off and do it yourself. Or be like the boss of me. Or, or you ask your assistant to Google something. They're like, "Well, I like Bing." <laughs> I, as your butler, I've signed an exclusive deal. You're like, Alexa, when is dinner ready? And it shows you your butler using Bing. It's like I don't like that at all. Uh, I want to just do two more minutes on 
<clears throat> kind of big picture with this stuff. Um, and then we got to read an ad. I think Farhad Manju from the Times threw this yesterday. Like the big takeaway from this event is that Alexa's Amazon's iPhone. They're like all in on this platform. They're just going for it. They're rapidly iterating on features and specs, uh, which is true. I mean, they they have more of these products in more shapes and sizes than anybody. Um, all the way from like you know the cheap dot to their most expensive show um, and every little permutation between. A- Apple's like, here's a $350 HomePod. That's what we made. We made the Death Star. Uh, Google stuff, they've got one. It's rumored they're going to have some more in the future. We've seen some pictures. Uh, my read on that is that th- that's right. They are all in. They're going for it. But actually, Alexa is much more like a, a platform like Windows, right? They want it everywhere. You can put Alexa. Haim made a video for us. Put Alexa on like a Raspberry Pi. He like built his own. There's Echo. Alexa in my thermostat on the wall. There's, there's Alexa in the, in the Ecobee thermostat. Like it is their computing platform, and they want it in as many places. And they're making obviously their own great first party products, but they're also in BMWs now. Uh, we uh, Nat did a screen drive of a Ford Focus that has Alexa in it, which <laughs> it's really really little, bad, little shaky. <laughs> but you know, like uh, a company like BMW or Ford. You know, we've we've reviewed so many cars now just in terms of their user interface in the screen drive series. All of them have terrible integrated voice assistants. And then you can kick them over to CarPlay or Android Auto, which have up you know pluses and minuses of their own. But the car makers don't like that because they want you in their UI. So something like Alexa comes in, it has no pretension of graphical user interface. It has no pretension of like doing your nav for you. Which is like the one thing you want to do in a car when you use your voice commands. But But you can just glue Alexa into that system. You get a huge upgrade on your built-in voice commands. And you still get to do – like it's a genius move for Amazon to go after car makers. I I, I get it's a genius move. I think they need a lot of work in all of these instances where they're taking Alexa out of the home. Alexa becomes significantly less useful than you might think. Like – I've used I've reviewed phones with Alexa. I use a smartwatch with Alexa. We've reviewed the cars with Alexa. And every time that you take Alexa out of the home and you think about what you want to quickly and easily do with a voice assistant, it's get directions. It's send a text message. It's call somebody. And Alexa can't do any of that stuff. You still have to bounce to your other voice assistant or use your in-cars voice control, which is not powered by Alexa and stuff like that. So, like, the only thing Alexa is good for in your car right now, as it stands, is, like, playing music or like you know if you have a smart home garage opening your garage door yeah um which is like severely limiting so like it's very exciting because people really like alexa in their home and they're asking it questions and they're playing music and they're setting timers and setting alarms and stuff like that (laughs) but like you don't do that stuff when you're driving a car so like uh, people are excited to have it in their car but i think at least from what we've seen so far unless it changes by 2018 when bmw gets it uh it's it's kind of a disappointing experience yeah. The, the, can can someone fill in my ignorance? Why why don't Amazon and Facebook collaborate a lot? They they have so little overlap as far as what they are like really competing on. And Facebook could, could provide Amazon so much value with like WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger as far as like having a communication platform that people actually use for Alexa. Well, I think if you're Jeff Bezos, That's really right. I run Amazon, a trusted beloved brand. And that is Facebook. <laughs> like, I wouldn't let the stain of Facebook any – if I had a brand as powerful and as beloved as Amazon's, I'm not letting, like, Russian hackers near my shit. <laughs> yeah. Mark Zuckerberg this week was like, I'm really sorry I dismissed the whole fake news election tampering thing. That was a mistake. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned that, like, uh, Amazon is a beloved brand because, like, people do really like Amazon and they use Amazon a lot. And – I don't know that people really like Facebook. They use Facebook almost as of a necessity. Oh, we talk about this shit on the show. All the yeah, time. so like they don't they don't yeah. like it, but they, they do should like collaborate Amazon. with Instagram. If Amazon's going to do anything. It's like we made Instagram easier to look at on the, on the Echo Show. Hey, people they collaborate with out. Microsoft. Huh? Cortana What's and Alexa that? are like buddies now. So I think that's just because they're like next door to each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing else to do here in Seattle. It's raining uh, again. <laughs> neighbors here. Yeah. Just moved the in. Got to hang out with her. <laughs> really annoying. Oh she never understands me, but whatever. <laughs> she never- Fine. I'll All go right, to the I'm going to read this ad, uh, and then we're going to talk about some other stuff. We're going to talk about TV stuff. Everyone's favorite. Uh, this episode of Vergecast is brought to you by TransferWise. 
Do you ever need to send money internationally? Maybe you're an engineer who moved to the U.S. or a business owner paying suppliers in another country or a freelancer getting paid by a client in a foreign country. You should use TransferWise, the cheaper, easier way to send money. Because when it comes to sending money, banks are stuck in the past. TransferWise is the future. You use a peer-to-peer network that trims the fat off of international payments. You pay into a local account, and TransferWise pays your recipient from an account in their country. Currencies don't need to cross borders. Why does that matter to you? Because it lets TransferWise do things that your bank can't. Your bank might charge expensive fees, give you a poor exchange rate, and often it just takes way too long to use. So you can save time and money with TransferWise. TransferWise payments take seconds to set up. They charge one tiny fixed fee, and they give you an exchange rate that would make your cheap Uncle Larry proud. See how much money you can save by going to TransferWise.com or download the app from the iPhone App Store or Google Play. Once again, that's TransferWise.com. Transfer is in, I need to transfer money to another country. Wise is in... Hey, that Confucius guy sure was wise. Can I, just, can, I, can I read my ad now, guys? I'm gonna. Let's do it. Okay. This episode of The Verge Cast brought to us by our own store, store.theverge.com. Hey. Go to store.theverge.com and enter promo code, promo code, to get some <laughs> amount of money off. <laughs> this is a true thing. Go to our store and enter promo code. The promo code is promo code. And uh, Michael Moore, who runs our store for us, great guy, set it up for me because he heard me say it in the last episode. Buy, buy some stuff. The promo code, uh, again, is uh, promo code. Store.theverge.com. Promo code, promo code. One promo code. Promo code, promo code, promo code. All right. I'm going to read a bunch of TV headlines, and we're going to talk about some TV. You ready, you ready for this? Amazon announced a new Fire TV with 4K and HDR for 70 bucks. Also has Atmos support. Roku is IPOing. Their IPO values Roku at $2 billion. The Google Assistant has come to the NVIDIA Shield TV. The Shield people are freaking out. They've finally been noticed. We turned the light on them. And then LG's <laughs> 2017 TVs are getting the Comcast Xfinity app, so you don't even need a cable box. You just push the button, you light up your Comcast. That's a lot of TV news. And i got to say, TV news has been doing crazy well for us lately. It's so hot right now. It's uh, the uh, the moment to upgrade your TV to 4K HDR is like clearly here. The content's everywhere. The price war is in full swing. Apple lowered its prices. Amazon lowered its prices. Voodoo lowered its prices. Everyone's going crazy. In an, in the midst of all that, Apple's still like 180 dollars. <laughs> Hooray! I mean that's that's what a Shield TV costs. Just saying. We, we're gonna re-review the Shield TV. I will the, let you re-review. I'm gonna re-review. I'm gonna review you, all these you, t- all these can, new TV boxes. Are, your, they're coming your, to your me. Atmos groove on. Yeah, we're Neil, gonna, I want you to review the Shield TV, and then I'm going to review the angry comments uh, on your <laughs> Shield TV review from the true, true fans of the Shield TV. Here's what I know about my review of the Shield TV. I haven't done it yet. haven't gotten it. I don't think I have a library of pirated content deep enough to make full <laughs> use of that product. <laughs> like, I know that's what it's for, guys. It's... It's a little, it's a little so, muscle car of a computer under your TV that can decode whatever weird Chinese <laughs> surround sound format you're getting on your telecine transfer, and that's cool. And I'm with you. I just, I don't have the depth. I don't, I don't have the raid array of like BitTorrent content. I've been using the Shield TV for for months, and 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 every time it gets an update, I pull it out because I, I I did our original review, which people don't like to call it a review, but whatever. Uh, it's and, not and, categorized in the reviews, Dan. <laughs> it doesn't show up on the page. How can it possibly Look, be a review? It was January. And, and like, I've been using it as a normal person who's not going to Plex and not yeah. pirating things. And it's fine. It's a good re- It's a good TV box. I said it was a good TV box. Uh, and, like, it has most of the services. It doesn't have all of the cord-cutting services. So I just signed up for Hulu Live TV, and I plugged the Shield back in to test this update this week and cover it. And Hulu Live TV is not there. YouTube TV is not there on the Shield TV, which is mind blowing. But like, uh, you know, it's it's fine if you live in Google's ecosystem and you do everything with Google. And even if you do Amazon, because Shield TV is one of the few Android TV devices that supports Amazon's Prime Video, uh, and it's just fine. It's just not worth one hundred eighty or two hundred dollars because it's not any better for me than the Roku Premiere I have or the Amazon Fire yeah, TV yeah, I have. It's the best. Room. It's the best product ever made. If only we would talk about it more, then everyone would have <laughs> yeah. one and they would understand how good check, it is. I think you got to check your bias, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, if anybody wants to just casually ship me a hard drive full of weird pirated stuff. Oh, you're, you're so asking can, for a real I can uh, test out. Pandora's wow. box there. Well, Take it back. Well, I want <laughs> you to ship it, it to Dan's house first. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to check it out for me and bring it my way. Uh, 
No, we're gonna re-review the shield. It's gonna be great. Have, have you guys it. ever used Plex though? Yeah. Like I've got a, I've got, I was at a friend's house. <laughs> sure you were, Paul. <laughs> I've got this and she friend. Was like, see, she was. She turns on her her TV, goes over to Plex, and she's like, "This guy's Plex server is amazing. <laughs> I don't remember how I met him." Yeah, but I have so it's like a friend of a friend's plex, and all of a sudden you have every movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like better than popcorn talk. I also have this, a friend. This guy's great. Uh, who's living that plex life? I actually have. A, we have a. There's more people on the Verge staff living the plex life than I, I think we're we're giving credit to. But plex, oh my god! Now the plex people are gonna mad at us. I will clarify. Plex is a great app. It does not. Please don't. It please does don't not let us. you pirate please anything. Don't. It's just a playback system, and then if you happen to live a certain piracy-oriented life, if you are a pirate, <laughs> you're a buccaneer of some kind, Plex makes that life easier you have an for you. Patch. <laughs> the Shield people and the Plex people are going to be so mad we, we need to get a Plex promo code. So I was really close to like helping my parents get like some sort of popcorn time situation because all they do is watch Hallmark movies. Oh yeah, and so they just they just surf they surf through YouTube and there's just illegal uploads of Hallmark movies all over the place. Uh, but there was this one specific one they wanted to watch that we couldn't find, so we had to buy it for thirteen dollars on iTunes. <laughs> And everything else is free. They're living a pretty good life. The Hall- but they know Hallmark the lawyers quality. aren't on it. Um, wait, why do you need popcorn time? Because you wanted to rip them off of YouTube and index them? No, popcorn time. Just I guess you know that's the problem with popcorn time is they wouldn't have something like Hallmark. It only has if it only has movies with guns in them. That's true. Is, is popcorn yeah. time like Plex without the pretense that it's not a pirated? <laughs> yeah. Basically. No. Yeah. It, it's it's basically an interface for BitTorrent sites. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, look, but Plex stre- is great. The Shield is great. You can use them legally. And that's what we're going to do. But most people should probably buy Amazon's new Fire dongle. Let's talk about the dongle. <sighs> Let's talk about a dongle. So here, uh, people ask me on Twitter, does not have all the lights. <laughs> does not have all the lights. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. So it, uh, it supports Dolby Atmos. Everything supports Atmos. The Apple TV is actually a weird outlier in that it doesn't support Atmos. I think what's going to be interesting, the reason Apple doesn't do it, I, I strongly suspect in Again, this is an Adobe white paper, so there's some evidence here. Apple wants to mix the Siri voice and the Apple TV system sounds and all that stuff into the audio mix. So they do all the conversion and just output linear PCM audio uh, instead of having your receiver decode it. Well, the Fire TV has Alexa, so how are they going to handle the voice? It's like super unclear how they're going to solve this problem. So if you're watching a movie in Atmos, you're like, Alexa, it has to speak to you. Mm -hmm. So it's either going to not speak Uh, or... I guarantee... I mean... It's going to solve the problem by not being uh, tight asses about it and just let Alexa speak with whatever audio codec Alexa speaks in. No, but you can't mix into Atmos. Like I, I think that's going to be the problem. You can send the okay. audio stream of the movie straight through to the receiver, which is what every device does. So that's why the $35 Roku can I, do it. The way it's going to work is when, when you use Alexa on the Fire TV now, if it gives you a response back, it pauses your content. Oh, so so, so it'll switch modes on your receiver. Yeah, I'm almost guaranteed it's going to switch so, modes on your TV or, or output the sound through your TV speakers. Right. So, like, I, I'm very curious how they solved it because Apple wants to solve it the right way, and they're, that means they don't have support at all. Also, Apple is very right. against switching modes on your TV. Apple hates any mode switching. You're going to pick one mode, and you will live in that mode for the rest of your life. And that mode will make the Dark Knight look bad. Um, but, so I'm curious about that. But it doesn't have Dolby Vision, and literally the only device... Uh, that can give you both things, is the Chromecast Ultra, which, in my experience, is pretty flaky with its Wi-Fi. So uh, we're still waiting. Everyone's still waiting. You can plug an Ethernet cable into the power brick. Then i, then I got to run an Ethernet Chromecast cable. Chromecast Ultra. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, but this, if this you aren't worried about, worried about <laughs> lighting up all of Neelai's lights, yeah. it seems like the Fire TV dongle is a pretty attractive deal. You get 4K, you get HDR, it's 70 bucks. It plugs into the side of your TV, so you don't need something on your console. Uh, like, why would you buy an Apple TV over this? I, the Apple TV question, I think, is John Gruber today wrote a whole thing. He's like, I, the Apple TV is seems like Apple doesn't know what it's doing. Like, you just read it. Um, that's not me. 
I wrote the thing that's like, Apple, please make me a TV. <laughs> so I really want to buy a TV from Apple. That I like lights, their OS that, a lot. That lights up all the lights. All the lights. Um, no, I think you're right. But, you know, the, the Roku, Roku has a product, same price point, sits right there, 4K, HDR, Atmos, no voice assistant, obviously. So, like, you, you have to really like Amazon's interface. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a good time. I th- there's a lot of rumors about new Roku's coming. It's when that happens. I think it's a good time for us to just sit down and review all the stuff again, and, and tell people as we like. do. Yes, yeah, the the thing that you in fact do most, most of the time here. Uh, Lauren Good's <laughs> done a lot of work on the TV box reviewing as yeah. well. I believe she did our last. This is my next. Um, but I'm really mm-hmm. into it. I think it's also a good time. I really a lot of people have asked me like how you can get Vision and Atmos together, and you can get it for about eleven hundred bucks. You buy the TCL Roku Shh. TV that has a Vision. And you can buy uh, there's I think there's an Ankyo Home Theater box that does Atmos, an LG soundbar that does it. So I think it's I think it's a big upgrade inflection point. Um, and I'm just actually surprised. Uh, Yanko at Variety wrote 1,100 words about the Nvidia Shield in Variety this week. I mean, it's I think it's just a time of in like super intense interest. In I TVs. just want to state for the record that if you count both the article I wrote today on the Nvidia Shield and what I wrote in January, it's more than 1,100 words. You didn't categorize it right, Dan, and I think that means you didn't review the NVIDIA Shield. It's just super obvious to me. It doesn't matter if the words, this is a review of the NVIDIA Shield, appear in the copy. If you don't have the right tag on the website, it's obvious that what you've done is ignore and diminish Shield owners. And if only you would pay attention to them and the quality of their product, they would be at the top of the charts uh, instead of being uh, just uh, steadfastly ignored by The Verge and also the entire world. There. Quick I'm over. looking at it right now. It has reviews labeled right on there. I know, man. You seem real confused. <laughs> but anyway, no, I think it's like it's it, this is like the time I love the most. It's TV, TV time in America. Like it's the time 4K HDR. Like the content's there. The products are there. The products are really cheap and good. Uh, if you're going to upgrade, I think this is the time to upgrade. And I think we're going to, I'm interested in making sure we do a lot of coverage around it. Okay. I'm going to read one more ad. Then we're going to talk about some other stuff. And then we're going to go. This episode of Virtuous brought to you by Parachute. Parachute makes the world's softest and most comfortable sheets. Parachute's website has thousands of positive reviews. Their My Parachute Home hashtag has developed a cult following with thousands of submissions from happy customers who are sleeping better and want to share their experience with the world. Find them on Instagram for tons of cool design inspiration. To get your own set of comfy parachute sheets, visit parachutehome.com slash verge for free shipping and returns. Plus, Parachute offers a 60-night trial, so if you don't love it, just send it back, no questions asked. That's parachutehome.com slash verge for free shipping and returns. Also, you can go to store.verge.com. The promo code is promo code. Paul. Yeah. My man. Mm-hmm. Every week. I do a segment. Yeah. It's called Kitsch in the Cloud. At Cloud is spelled with a K. Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, so underreported at the Amazon event. They announced Big Mouth Billy Bass integration with Echo. what? <laughs> what? Yeah. So oh my that god! Fish that it looks like a mounted fish on the wall, but all of a sudden, surprise! It sings songs and wiggles its tail. Now they're going to make somehow like Bluetooth connect to your Echo, and then you play a song on your Echo, and the Bass will sing the song, like lip sync to the song, and the audio. Will, I get. I didn't know. Wasn't this I don't a hack that existed through. already? Didn't somebody make this? Yeah, this somebody did a hack that me. did this. <laughs> Are you switching um, from your Google Home now? But, uh, I mean, I currently don't use a Google Home because saying Google out loud sucks. <laughs> they got they got the marine life in their ecosystem. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was. That's pretty good. I mean, but this is what I mean by Alexa everywhere. Like this is some so, yeah. this is some stuff Microsoft would do. Right, like just go have fun, have a good time. It's a Windows computer, Every, like it's. Of course they did it. It's probably a Raspberry Pi. It's probably they just hired the guy who did this as a hack on YouTube, and just like, can you figure this out for us? We need to. That would be great. That'd be a great story. You should find that story. All right. Well, there's, it's 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 very underreported. There's like a lot of like subtle. It's like it's like there wasn't even official press release. They just like mentioned it. It was weird. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm very excited. Well, I think we should get it. Good segment, Paul. Thank you. I remembered, by the way. Because I wrote it Kitchen down. the Cloud. Kitchen the with Cloud. Cloud with a K. Kitchen Cloud. So I just want to end with a little preview. Next week, big Google event. There's been a lot of leaks already, although it's not clear what's real and what's not. So like, 
uh, a high end. Yeah, there Max. was a there was a leak today that there was going to be like an ultra pixel, which like no, super not, and like it was a lowercase p. It was really fake, very strange. I guarantee you that is a troll from the HTC people, <laughs> right? Because they their their cameras used to be the ultra pixel camera, and now they all work at Google, yeah. and they're like, we can troll the people, <laughs> like repping that HTC pride. Um, Anyway, so yeah, there was a leak. Some, there's something happening with Pixel phones. We've seen a bunch of renders. They look really cool if they're real. Um, there was a leak today about a high-end Max smart speaker. It's like a bigger Google Home. So you see where they're all going. Amazon's taking the entire bottom and middle of the market, and Apple and Google are like, giant smart speakers to replace your stereo. That just doesn't seem to be what Amazon's interested in at all. Um, I don't know. It's just a bunch of, it just seems like Google's doing a lot of stuff. What, what, what have you been seeing, Dan? Uh, yeah, it's, it seems like the leaks are, are happening left and right, I believe. But at the same time, didn't a uh, smaller Google Home leak? Yeah. So, so Amazon, I mean, Google's playing both ends, right? Yeah. And maybe, you know, if they're smart, they will drop the price of the regular Google Home because now Amazon's undercutting them by a bunch and doing more interesting stuff. But I think everybody's going to care about the Pixel phones. Yeah. That's that, I mean, this, this event is probably going to be really busy based on all the stuff that's leaked. Um, and who knows if that's even everything that Google's going to announce. But, like, the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL have been pretty leaked extensively. Uh, and, and last year's Pixel phones were great. So I think people are going to be pretty stoked for uh, We, we talked about this last week. The Pixel camera has been basically unchallenged for a year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of well, amazing. Well, the HTC U11 is really, has a really good camera. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, but it, uh, do you think? Go ahead, Paul. Do you think there's a lot of people waiting for the Pixel Two? Pixel nerds are. I am, even though, but I. Yeah. I, mean, I just get I get the I don't know where I get the vibe from. I get the vibe that like like Google made enough of a statement with its first Pixel phone that it wasn't perfect, but like Google's Google's for serious now. But I think if you're waiting for the Pixel Two, you're also probably waiting for the iPhone 10 to drop too, right? Like. There's that waiting period that a lot of iPhone customers are having right now. And the Pixel just kind of sits in the middle, in between the two iPhone releases this year. Yeah. I mean, I, the iPhone 10 I stuff. Know, I'm excited. I, if you're excited about a Pixel 2 and you're like, oh, maybe I should buy an iPhone 10. Like, I don't, who, are, who is that person? That, to me, seems I, strange. I, I think that's a lot of our audience, man. <laughs> no one is sitting here deciding. Like, Try and- you're either on team, if you're listening to this show. You have already decided if you're an iPhone person or an Android person. I'm I'm a wild card man, but you're a professional tech reviewer. <laughs> no, but like I buy stuff for my personal use, and I haven't bought an iPhone <coughs> with my own cash money for my own personal use since the iPhone six. Yeah, that was the last iPhone. Wow. I um, and I've bought Android phones since then, but I'm looking at the iPhone ten, and I'm like really interested in the iPhone ten because it gives me the hardware that I've been enjoying on Android. Without the Android headaches yeah. that come along with that hardware, so you like gonna, you got to turn on iMessage, Dan. Yes, because it's actually easy to turn off now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you think it's it's gotta be easier to go from Android to iPhone? Like, it's not it, really. It, easy. It, it basically doesn't matter to me because all of my stuff is in Google's cloud, and Google's cloud syncs with both of them. So like, it, it, it really doesn't matter to me. So I can, you know, as a reviewer, I switch devices all the time, and I have, you know, reviewed iPhones and and, and tested iPhones, so I've used them. St- more recently than the iPhone 6 that I bought. Um, and I can switch between the devices. And Dieter does this like literally every 10 minutes. Uh, you, you can switch between the devices very easily now more than ever before because so much of your stuff is in the cloud. I just, I don't know. I, I don't think people are waiting for the Pixel 2. I think Google has to make a big splash with it. They also have to make enough of them, which was just a huge yeah. problem with the first Pixel. Absolutely. Um, well, maybe, they, maybe that's why they bought a bunch of HTC engineers. Like, do you do you guys do you guys know how to make to phones? Six, six, <laughs> they bought them. They bought them last month, and they just they've just got they just sent them straight to the factory. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Welcome to Google. Go make phones right, right now. One of you go to Qualcomm and secure all the processors we need. One of you go to whoever they're sourcing displays from. It's going to be AMOLED, right? So one of you go talk to LG. Make yeah. sure we got all the screens. <laughs> My God. Well, the baby. Isn't there a rumor of a baby Pixel that's based on the HTC? Well, the rumor has been forever that HTC is building the small pixel, yeah, and LG is building the big pixel, yeah, uh, which comes with a, a kind of interesting dynamic there. But the, then there's that rumor that one of them or both of them will have sque- the squeezy things that HTC does, yeah. 
So that'll be interesting. That'll be great. Apple's like, this is the most revolutionary advanced iPhone. It sets the tone. And Google's like, you can squeeze this one. <laughs> you squeeze the hell out of it. <laughs> it's great. I, I yeah, have I a, a, a fairly unrelated uh, dongle life update. Yes, hit me. I've, I've been testing the Essential phone and uh, I'm f- flying with it. And so I've listed a lot of audio over that um, USB-C headphone adapter. And it freaked out on me. And now in like the high high range or something, it put make it adds this really weird robot fuzz to audio. That's that's the Android. Yeah. That's the Android. You're just listening <laughs> to the heart the of the phone. Uh, well, it's weird because I really I thought that dongle I kinda like the essential phones dongle like for audio quality. I thought maybe it's even better than the iPhone one. But now it's busted on me <laughs> and my my technology curse continues. Yeah. Well, uh, iOS 11 uh, will only play Apple Music through my Bluetooth headphones and not audio from any other app. It doesn't even show up what? on the list. Yeah. What? I know, I've got a, I have Bose QC35s. They worked great with this phone before. Updated iOS 11. I was trying to, I was saying, I was listening to the first episode or one of the episodes of Why'd You Push That Button? Andrew, our producer, sent it to me in Slack, hit the button, wanted to listen to it. A phone came out, the audio came out of the phone. So I, Slid up the control center, pushed the button. Where is it? Every Apple TV in all of Vox Media showed repair, the hell up. Repair the headphones. I repair. Of course, I repaired the headphones. I also turned it off and on again. Then I cursed it and did a voodoo chant. Like I mean, <laughs> I did all the things. <laughs> iOS 11 is a perfect operating system. No, the wireless. Not talk about. I literally sat there being like, "Why can't I just plug in my stupid headphones?" Anyway. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, well, I think one of the other rumors with the Pixels is no that they're, they're not going to have headphone jack. So pretty much everyone loses. This is going to be you great. have to. You'll, it's going to get to the point where you have to buy a Samsung phone to keep it a headphone jack. Like, I, that's Samsung's going to keep Samsung's headphone jacks in those phones forever. Like, Hopefully, um, just forever. I, you, you can just tell. They're like, yeah, we got specs. You like specs? Here's all the specs. <laughs> Dieter is at my house. We were playing with my LG TV and. I was like, it has some weird cast-to-screen functionality. He was like, I can do that. I'm like, what? He's like, it's a Samsung phone. <laughs> and I see him streaming his phone to my TV. <laughs> it's like, whatever standard in the world is out there, Samsung's got you covered. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super pumped for the new Pixel. I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm, I say this every time. I'm going to buy it on the show. And then you're not going to use it because of iMessage. Because of iMessage. We've got to write the how to quit iMessage. Just how to let it go. Mm. Like a 12-step program? Yeah. I think the key is to not be like me, not have any friends that you actually message <laughs> ever, not be in any group messages. <laughs> yeah, it's like force your family to literally, use Amazon literally voice the video only, calling. The only person you message is your, your spouse. Yeah. And they don't care whether you're a blue bubble or a green bubble. And uh, you turn it off. <laughs> force your children no, this, to use it. Alexa video calling. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm on I'm I'm on Facebook. I've 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 got on the the pushing Facebook a little bit, not for the the feed, but for the messaging because they have group video calling. Mm-hmm. Like Apple doesn't have that on iMessage, and it's a real chance to get my my family to pivot to Facebook. So we get like a. Facebook <laughs> but you want to pivot group. your family to Facebook video? Yeah. <laughs> Are you well, firing t- all your print reporters? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Print, print is dead. We gotta go. Mom, where you're we can out. Monetize. Look, they're just <laughs> not interested in long form content anymore. These millennials. <laughs> These long form. They just calls. want to watch slideshows. It has. It has to be shareable. It's snackable. So get, get, get them onto to Facebook Messenger. Like you can create a group on Facebook, right? That we can message each other back and forth about the Seahawks or whatever we want to talk about. But then if we want to do video calls, well, really, it, it goes in reverse. You get the group to do group video calls, but then you already have the the group created, get people messaging on there, get them off of iMessage, and then I'm free and I can switch phones whenever I want to. But I can't leave iMessage as long as my family has a group chat on iMessage. Hmm. I feel the same way. I mean, does your family love you? (laughs) (laughs) Just ask them. That's the Vergecast, everyone. Just please, please ask yourself, does your family love you? We'll be back next week with Paul's answer. <laughs> oh, man. Paul, you, 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 
take your best guess. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I think yes. they like me at least. Yeah. Definitely like. I've met but, some of your but family. But do they, they like you as much as they like group messaging and iMessage? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> really. Terrence. It's not. It's not whether they love you or not. It's whether they love you as much as they love the group messaging. <laughs> the answer for my family is they love group iMessages more than me. Yeah. Just yep. so everybody knows. I feel very. I feel very strongly that my family will pick iMessage over me. <laughs> it's it's been proven out multiple times. All right, that is the show. Kind of, kind of a down note. Kind of an ecosystem lock in. All of us are alone in this world. Listen, it's it's hardware season. It's exciting. There's lots of hardware. There's all kinds of stuff going on. We got pixels. We got dynamic range for days. High high dynamic TVs, range. Even. TVs are so hot right now. TV. I'm so. I love. There's nothing I love more than crazy TV stuff. So we're just. We know. Keep it. Everyone knows. <laughs> all the lights. All right. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. So you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Verge everywhere. Dan is DC Seifert. Correct. Paul's future Paul. Dieter's backlon. I'm reckless. You can find us on the podcast app. You can leave us a review right there. I want to tell you, we're going to be running some promos for why you push that button on the show pretty soon. And we might even stick an episode in the feed. Let me know if you think that's a good idea or not. I'm, I'm toying with it. But it's, it's a killer show. Yeah, I think you're going to love it. So that's coming up soon. But in the meantime, great other podcasts to listen to. Lauren Good, our very favorite, hosts Too Embarrassed to Ask with Kara Swisher. Uh, Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode. Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media, which is, if you're a media nerd, just the best. Um, and there's all kinds of other Vox Media podcasts out there in this world, including some at our great rival, Vox.com. That's, that's not- I keep trying to start this beef and just utterly failing because we're all <laughs> friends. But you can listen to our great rivals, Vox.com, Ezra Klein Show, The Weeds, all good stuff in the Vox Media Podcast Network. And, lest we forget, store.theverge.com. Promo code. The promo code is promo code. Let's just, let's just stay for the record that uh, the promo code only works at store.theverge.com. Yeah, so not that's why everywhere we're the best. else on the internet. <laughs> You can't just walk into a crate and barrel and be like, promo code. See or, or or even Foxes. I don't yeah. know if they sell merch like we do, but if they, they did, they don't have promo code. They're not a flagship. I ain't got no t-shirts. It's going to happen. I'm going to start this rivalry. Sword.theverge.com. The promo code is promo code. That's it. That's our show. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Rock and roll. Paul. 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 You want a little organ outro? Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! It's a foot pumper. (laughs) 